Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. Martha Fulford is an infectious diseases specialist at McMaster University in Hamilton. I uh, appreciate Dr. Fulford coming on this program. I always appreciate speaking with you, Dr. Fulford. You just heard the Premier of Ontario saying uh, his great concern is the numbers of patients in ICU units as the province locks down. What do you say? Uh, yes, I did hear that. I, uh, I think it's very important when we're looking at numbers to always have everything in context. We uh, have not built much of a surge capacity into our hospitals or into our intensive care units, and this has unfortunately been a situation we've been confronting for uh, many, many years. As long as I've been a physician every respiratory tract season, we've known since for over a year uh, that we have a problem with COVID. And so in some ways, what we're seeing is not that much of a surprise uh, because this virus does affect a certain number of people. So clearly, uh, COVID is out there and causing issues. And the question, I suppose, is more to the point, is what do we do about it now? And that, I think, is where uh, there's probably a little bit more debate or disagreement in terms of of, uh, actions. One other comment I'll make about the ICU, I think when we're giving people or the population these numbers, it's extremely helpful to actually put the numbers in context, and I can't emphasize this enough, how bad is it on sort of a, a weekly basis compared to previous waves of COVID, and how bad is it compared to previous waves and previous years of, of hospitalizations. And it would also be helpful probably for people to look at age brackets, because uh, there's been a lot in the media recently about younger people being admitted. Well, what does that mean? It's, certainly, it's most certainly not children or people in their 20s and their 30s. It is, for the most part, people uh, in, in 50 to 59 age groups. There will always be exceptions of younger people, but this is true of every infection on the face of the earth. One of the things that we also need to understand is what we are not seeing in our ICUs anymore are older people. But those numbers have come down dramatically in the same way we're seeing very, very little transitional long-term care, which is a testament to how effective the vaccines are. So again, I think it's very important when we talk about this that we, we, we discuss the whole context about it and have a targeted approach to how we're going to get through the next few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I guess, uh, where, where I probably would have had a slightly different opinion on the approach than, than what Ontario, the Ontario government has chosen. Can we talk about that a little bit? Um, what is wrong with there? What, what, what could we be doing better? What should we be doing better a year after we were exposed first to the fact that COVID is a pandemic? So March of 2020, when we didn't know exactly what we we're going to be faced with, it's a very different, you know, there's huge numbers of unknowns. We have a lot more information now. We have a much better understanding of who's actually at risk. And it is, unfortunately, by far and away, frail seniors. Not that that's the only group, but, but it is a very clear uh, data from around the world who's infected. And the CDC in the U.S. has probably put out the best uh, information regarding what we, what, what we call infection fatality rate, which is that if a person gets COVID, what is the risk of dying? And they put it out there per million people who get infected. And really the risk is 
very, very, it's vanishingly low if you're under, under the age of 50. It increases from 50 to 64, where their estimate in the United States, which is actually, you know, maybe not done as well as, as a lot of countries, they estimate that, that, that if, if a person gets COVID in the 50 to 64 age group, 6,000 out of 1 million people will die, where the numbers are quite high is in the 65 plus age group where, where, where getting COVID is bad. And so that helps us, I think, inform how we approach uh, our, our, our interventions. Likewise, a year later, we have a lot of information on where hotspots of transmission are. And this is very clear now. These are in the areas of our frontline uh, workers. These are our essential workers. So if we look at where this third wave started, there are the, the so-called hot zones. If you look at the map uh, by area code of, of the Toronto region, that it's consistently been certain areas. Uh, and this is absolutely not because people living there are making poor choices. It's because these are essential workers. These are the people who are packing the Amazon packages and the other online purchases for the people who have the luxury to work from home. These are the people who are delivering the packages to our homes. These are the people who are going to the grocery stores, stocking our shelves, ensuring we have food. They're running our gas stations, they're running our power grids, keeping our water supply going. These are people who, who have actually doing a lot of frontline healthcare work, some of it high risk. These are the people that are probably growing our food. And so it's, it's, it, you can't shut down every aspect of our society or, or we'll grind to a halt and, and we would have no uh, essential services. So we know that this is where it happened. And, and I'd like to point out that we got this third wave starting in those areas of Toronto while they were still in lockdown. So right. They hadn't opened a lot of, of the businesses that have been shut down across the province, yeah. which again tells us that if we want to target interventions, we support our essential workers. We ensure that they have paid leave, that they have sick leave, that they have benefits. We help them with housing support. If somebody's living in a crowded apartment with a lot of people, they have nowhere to isolate, quite frankly. And we make sure they have that information. If we know there's certain areas that have outbreaks, we go in and we do targeted occupational health interventions. We help with manage with outbreak management. That's what we need to do. And this is an educational thing. It is not a punitive thing. Let me ask you this. You and I have spoken about uh, mm-hmm. children yes. and, and COVID and school closures. Yep. And uh, let me, I, I don't want to quote you out of context here. I don't want to say anything that we said off the air. Um, but I know it's not something you, you won't say on the air, but kids themselves are being treated like they are, what was the word you used? I, I, I believe I may have said they're being treated like ticking time It's exactly what you said. Okay, go ahead, please. So children, uh, fortunately, and this should be something that we should be celebrating and thankful for, children, adolescents, and young adults are extremely unlikely to get sick from COVID. There are some who will contribute to transmission, but again, this is not where we're seeing the main transmission happening. These are not the hot spots of outbreaks. And children are being adversely affected by this. So in Ontario, where we have the strictest school measures uh, pretty much anywhere in Canada, and, and in Ontario, we've had the longest closures, we've been testing children unrelentingly. So a single asymptomatic case in the classroom, the entire class gets sent home, that whole cohort gets sent home, including any siblings who've had no contact with anybody, I'd like to point out. They're all tested. We have a lot of data now on 
what's going on in schools and to what degree we see secondary transmission from schools. And the reality is it's been extremely low. That is a testament to the fact that schools are actually doing a very good job with infection prevention and control. Children are going to get COVID, but, but it is almost always brought in from the community. So in an area where we have a lot of community transmission, it is not surprising that we're going to see children occasionally with COVID. But at some point, we, we, we have spent a, an enormous amount of time and energy essentially targeting children who have never been shown to be the, the, the primary drivers of this. Instead of spending all that attention and time and testing and contact tracing, on the places where it's happening, which are the okay. where our essential workers are. Dr. Fulford, I have about a minute left. Yeah. I want to ask you about this. There's something else you and I talked about uh, off the air. And that is that there have been, you told me there have been more deaths from non-COVID-related illness than from COVID during the pandemic. So the collateral yeah. damage is huge. Yeah. This is actually StatsCan, uh, Statistics Canada, put out a report a few weeks ago on excess mortality in Canada during 2020. And at the beginning of the year, it was uh, probably higher from COVID in our, in our very frail seniors. But if you put, anybody can look up this report, the StatsCan Excess Mortality Report, the excess mortality in the second half of the year was in younger people, and it was not from COVID. It was from the collateral damage of what we're doing, which is why any intervention must be shown to have benefit, more benefit than harm. And at this point, uh, I don't think I've seen data to justify what we're doing. One more question. What do we need to do? What do you say, and we're broadcasting nationally, what is the one thing that we must do that will prove to be most effective in battling COVID? Go to the areas where the transmission is actually occurring, which is our essential workers. They need to have the workplace safety. That's where we should be targeting vaccination. That's where we should be targeting our interventions because that will stop the vast majority of the transmission. COVID will not go away. It is, I personally believe it is here to stay. It'll be our fifth circulating coronavirus. But if we can stop the transmission of those hotspots, we will have a much more controlled situation. Okay. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.